0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Occasionalists. Matt Pigle here, rocking with you one more time as we continue on with our best of the best week. This week, taking a look at stadium anthems. That's right, we're doing some music. We're gonna, we're gonna do. We have a little discussion here about not just stadium anthems, but songs that really sort of fit in, fit in very well uh, in the grand scheme of sports. Um, and in some cases, we have. Songs that are are very sports specific, um, as you'll find out here as we as we get into this uh, as we get into this episode. But just to sort of start off again, I don't think we, I have to get too into too much detail about what we're doing here this week. New episode every week, covering some kind of uh, some kind of uh, some kind of piece where um, the entertainment and the sports world collide. Uh, we did uh, the best sports movie yesterday. We talked about Major League, um, which is the best sports movie. And if you disagree with me, I think you're wrong. Um, and today, we're, as I said, we're going to be talking about stadium anthems. So we're going to be talking about the, the collision of music and sports, which goes way, 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 way back. Um, you know, you think about stuff like the um, the classic "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." Um, you know, that's it's like hundred. That song has to be over hundred years old now. Um, so music and sports has always gone along together. Uh, obviously as um as as stadiums and the stadium experience has become more important than just like going to watch the game music has become an even bigger part of it uh we also have we also have more and more teams kind of finding anthems and things like that um you know this past year the texas rangers were uh apparently like real into creed (laughs) um which is kind of hysterical but that that was like what their their pump-up song um you know their or their i should say their Pump up music of choice was to to put on the Creed, put on some Creed in the in the clubhouse, and uh, you know I guess just let the just let them take them higher. I suppose, um, and it worked. They won a World Series, and it's it's funny because it seems like a lot of these teams that do kind of latch onto an anthem end up really going far with it or, or winning winning it all in a lot of cases. Um, you know some of the more notable ones. Um, I know the St. Louis Blues during their Stanley Cup year, they were rocking. Um, I want to say Gloria. Was there was their kind of team anthem? Um, you can go back to the seventies with the uh, the uh, uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates with uh, Willie Stargell, Pops, uh, and uh, and I uh, believe their anthem was uh, "Sister Sledges, We Are Family." The We Are Family uh, Pittsburgh Pirates of like the late seventies. I want to say like nineteen seventy nine, maybe or nineteen seventy eight. But um, so you know, it's it's been a thing that um, music and sports always been a, a very closely knit sort of um, a, very, and a very conveniently fitting sort of relationship between music and sports right like some sports really lend themselves to songs better than others but I think every sport has room for music in it um, you know th- like I said there are well I, you know what I won't beat around the bush too much here we'll just dive right into it so I do think that there are two qualities that make a song a legit stadium bop um, and the first one and probably the most important one is that the song has to be kind of interactive. You know, we we need some really highly repeatable song lyrics. Um, you know, maybe it is just, uh, you know, maybe it's kind of a chant or something like that um, that everyone can, can can kind of sing. Um, or, so in, in lieu of any, a lot of these songs, you know, some of these sports, uh, some of these stadium anthems, maybe they don't have lyrics necessarily. So if you don't have lyrics that you can repeat or some kind of chant or something you can call out, then you need to have... A, a beat a rhythm that the crowd can kind of clap they can stomp they can pound their chairs whatever they can repeat the uh that beat they can repeat that rhythm of the song on their own so i think the the interactive the the good good stadium anthems have an interactive capability uh, quality to them excuse me um i also think that they have to be the right tempo certainly most and i say this is this is sort of the general rule, but I think there are some exceptions. And actually, I will be mentioning some exceptions here. But, um, but I think in general, the right tempo has to be the right tempo is necessary for these songs. You know, it definitely can't be too slow for the most part. Like, that's we don't want to put everyone to sleep with a song, but it also can't be like crazy intense, like too fast. Like, it needs to be something that, again, sort of going along with the idea of like a good beat or rhythm the crowd can kind of um you know the crowd can kind of mimic if it's way too fast if it's way too intense they're not going to be able to mimic that necessarily so i think that i think that there is a happy medium that most of these songs do hit i think we have again like i said there is going to be some exceptions that we talk about here uh but i think for the most part we do get the interactiveness and the right tempo are are very much well represented here in this list that i'm about to present now, and and this is very much a full list here. However, I'm not going to get into um, I'm not going to get too far into the songs that um, that aren't sort of in the upper echelon. Um, it was it was really tough to kind of break it down. I thought maybe I could just talk about three songs for an extended period of time, but or, you know, two or three songs or something like that. But I just kind of kept like my list kept expanding, and I thought, okay, so instead of instead of trying to like squeeze and put the focus on just a couple of songs. Let's expand the list and sort of give them different, different tiers, if you will, or maybe different scenarios under which these songs work best. Okay, so like I said, there's there are okay, so there are five tiers here. Um, we have, um, well, you know what, I'll I'll name them as we go along here. But there are five tiers here, and they're not really in ascending order except for the last. Except for really the last tier, um, and, and I'll tell you right now, those are like the God tier songs um, that are the best of the best. But don't really think of the rest of the list as necessarily as necessarily being in any kind of particular order. Again, I just think that these are best in certain scenarios. So let's start it off. Um, let's start it off with this tier, uh, this, this category I'm calling, Rev Your Engines. Um, and we're going to talk about just real quickly two songs that work as racing songs um probably they fit best with motorsports um but i suppose i suppose you could also um you know extend it to foot races horse races something like that but i'm thinking more of more of people in um you know some f1 cars or indie cars or something uh, getting ready to uh, at the starting line getting ready to um to to just take off and and uh, you know, hit hit a hit a hard uh, 500 miles on a road course or something. Um, so our first song, and this is funny because this is from a band I don't I don't really feel strongly for necessarily, but certainly they are a um, they're a well loved uh, well loved classic rock band from uh, from uh, from the Great White North, her friends up in Canada, and that is Tom Sawyer by Rush. This just feels like we are. It just feels like this is the beginning. This is the song that's going to play. If you think about like a, a racing movie or something, uh, it just feels like a song that's going to play right up until the uh, the action actually starts. So that's our first one from the Rev Your Engines tier. Um, the, Tom Sawyer by Rush. Uh, again, a classic. A, I'm, a song I actually thoroughly enjoy, even though I'm not a particular, particularly big Rush fan. Uh, also in this category, we got to go with something entirely completely on the nose but is still kind of a fun listen um and would kind and certainly makes more sense in a again in in a motorsports scenario but i suppose you could kind of again it could kind of uh lyrically could kind of also translate into um you know like a foot race or something like that as well and again we got to go real on the nose here and that is the distance by cake um kind of a uh I, I I don't I'm not sure about everyone's feelings on Cake, but they're one of those bands that whenever one of their songs pops up, I'm just sort of like, oh yeah, I kind of forgot I kind of enjoy Cake. Um, so that is Cake's "The Distance" uh, for our for our last song here in the rev your engines category. Let's move on to our next cor- category that I am calling top shelf cheddar. And uh, if you are into this particular parlance, you will understand that's a hockeyism. Um hockey slang uh so we are talking some hockey songs here and i I had to start this tier out with an absolute classic classic hockey song um I, I think it sounds good in any i think it sounds good just kind of being played like if you know you're playing recording, but this is a song that really really hits hits well in a hockey scenario um you're in the you know you're in the rink and it sounds even better when it's on an organ. And that is going with the classic Israeli folk song, "Hava Nagila." This nothing like nothing. Nothing screams hockey like hearing the like hearing "Hava Nagila" um, during a shift change or you know when a team's moving the puck around or whatever. It's it's just a classic. It's a classic arena song, classic hockey song. Gets the crowd clapping. It's just got the perfect. That is a song that has the perfect sort of. Um, mix of interactivity and the, and the perfect tempo. Havana Gila, absolute classic. That is some top-shelf cheddar right there. Now, we would be remiss if we didn't talk, when we were talking about some hockey songs, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about one of the most fun aspects of hockey, and that, of course, is fighting. Um, even though they don't usually play they don't often play uh, music during the fights. I think that we can make an exception for this particular song here. I think that this song should pop up every time that there's a there's a pretty um, intense hockey fight, and that of course is The Offspring's "Come Out and Play." You know the you know the 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 uh, the, the the catch you know the hook there. Got to keep them separated, and then we get right into the uh, you know the heavy guitar and everything else. It's a perfect two uh, two enforcers uh, fighting fighting in the course of a hockey match a hockey game song. So there you go. Havana Gila as our classic is our classic uh, rink song and then come out and play by the offspring as our um, as our classic uh, classic break up the fight kind of song. Right. I think those two I think those two work well and those two are absolute top shelf chatter. All right. We're going to move on to a very different category here um, because this is our only location based uh, category our only location based here. And this, uh, this little category here is called Best Paired with Chowda. That's right. If you are in Boston enjoying some kind of sporting event, um, then these songs are going to make the most sense. These songs are going to fit in super duper well. Uh, so let's start off with one that is very obvious. That became famous uh, a little bit over, oh gosh, like 15, 16 years ago now, I suppose. Um, and that is the Dropkick Murphys classic. I'm shipping up to Boston. Um, there is... At any, at literally at any, any and every Boston sporting event, I'm certain that this song gets played, um, you know, right before kickoff, tip off, puck drop, um, you know, whatever else, whatever else they're, they're, they're going through, right? They're going for right there. Uh, first pitch, um, shipping up to, I'm shipping up to Boston, made most famous by, um, The Departed, but, um, you know, kind of has become a Boston staple since then. And I can guarantee you again, if you are at any kind of sporting event, in the greater Boston metropolitan area, the uh, the person handling all the music uh, and the in-game experience more than likely will drop I'm um, shipping up to Boston uh, before the game begins. However, not to be outdone by a great song, do enjoy that song, do enjoy the Dropkick Murphys, uh, we have to go with one of the best, I had to put this on here because I think this is one of the best traditions in all of sports. Um, one of the few one of the few music traditions in sports that is not uh, related to not related to a college uh, to a college sports program uh, which is something we'll talk about here in a little bit um, but one of the one of the mo- more fun um, one of the more fun and interactive um one of the more fun and interactive songs that we have here is uh when you're in uh, you're going to see a, a Red sox game seventh inning you or I think it's seventh inning possibly I think it's the seventh inning um, could be wrong there. I could have anything ending wrong. However, uh, getting the classic, uh, Neil Diamond song, Sweet Caroline, you got all of Fenway singing. It's, it's got that right tempo, the interactivity with the, uh, you know, with the lyrics and people being able to just yell out the beat. Um, it's a great, you know, again, not being a particular, not being a Red Sox fan whatsoever. It still is one of the best traditions in all of sports. And one of the rare, again, one of the rare traditions one of those rare musical traditions um, that happens to cross over into professional sports. There really aren't, really and truly aren't that many um, that that, trend, that have worked their way into the professional sports uh, arena. So there you go. This is These are your two songs that are best paired with Chata. Uh, I'm shipping up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys. And of course, the classic Sweet Caroline by Neil Diamond. <clears throat> All right, so let's move on to our next category here. And this, these are the, the two songs that at least initially sort of are playing just a little bit outside the uh, the rules that I set out here in terms of the tempo, uh, because both of these songs start off slowly. But I think that works out really really well for this particular category, which I'm calling shock and awe. And I'm calling this category shock and awe because these are the songs that we wanna that we want filtering through the stadium as as our team comes out onto the field or out onto the court or out onto the ice, you know, whatever. This is; these are all entrance songs to get to sort of set the set the stadium, set the arena, set the ballpark, get everyone hyped up and get them going right off the bat. And but like I said, both of these songs start slow, but I think it really works out well as sort of building that anticipation to the point where you know, and you know, it's a good timing mechanism for the uh, for the teams to come running out onto the field or the court or whatever. Uh, and so it builds that anticipation, and then the pace picks up. We get some, you know, you get some memorable lyrics and everything like that. Um, <clears throat> so while these songs kind of start off violating it, they do kind of work their way into both the interactivity and the uh, the right tempo. So let's start off with the first one here. Classic entrance song. A lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of college football teams use it. Um, one of the better. One of the better uses of it um, is when Penn State does their whiteout, uh, which is absolutely insane anyway. Uh, that, that atmosphere at Beaver Stadium is is intense, uh, that's for sure. If you've never been to Beaver Stadium, that motherfucker is gigantic. And you're talking like 110,000 plus people all wearing white. It is, it is an unbelievable scene. And So to come out to Phil Collins in excuse me Phil Collins in the air tonight, um, just sort of that perfect build up. You know we got the team. You know they're showing like up on the video board the team kind of making their way through the tunnel, and then you know as the as the you know the drums start in to really kick the song off. um, Man, imagine dropping imagine dropping your you know the song begin. It's one of those great songs like if the song begins like two and a half minutes into the song if that makes sense you know, but gives that gives the team plenty of time to do their walk up gives the fans plenty of time to get revved up and ready to go and then once the drums hit everyone goes fucking nuts such a great great entrance song uh in the air tonight phil collins absolute classic and then going with another and this is one of the songs that just missed out for me on the god tier but one of the one of the best entrance songs of all time enter is right in the name of it metallica's enter sandman um has again one of the another one of those few songs that had sort of transcended its way from it's very heavily used in in college sports uh in particular i'll talk about one of the best uses of it in college sports in a second but became synonymous with the greatest relief pitcher in the history of baseball mariano rivera uh he of i don't know something some insane amount of saves 600 or something like that um some insane amount of saves coming out of the bullpen and such a perfect entrance song for a dominating closer. um you know the bullpen door swings open and then the slow the, the slow rhythmic start up to you know that we're so familiar with Ender salmon starts up and then you know Mariano just kind of casually strolls out to the music as it picks up and pace, picks up and pace picks up and pace and you know gets all of gets all of Yankee Stadium fired up um certainly if you if you want to check out some videos of this, his last appearance. In um, Yankee Stadium was a uh, pretty electric, but one of the best ones was earlier in the su- earlier that summer uh, at the uh, at the All Star game was at, uh, it was at Citi Field, so it was still in New York, but obviously not in, in Yankee Stadium, but it was still in New York. They uh, everyone on the field vacated, and Rivera came out to enter Sandman by himself. Excuse me, I had a cough real quickly there, but Rivera comes out to like you know almost 50,000 ed- 50, screaming fans, absolutely losing their mind really great moment enter sandman uh you know again synonymous with uh for probably for a lot of people who are interested in sports enter sandman's probably synonymous with uh with Mariana rivera however one of the best traditions and the best uses of this um, is virginia tech the hokies football team comes out to enter sandman and holy cow you want to talk about getting revved up uh you know again that slow build up to the team you know the slow build up to the song really picking up in pace. So you get this, again, you get this shot uh, on the stadium video boards of the team making their way from the locker room through the tunnel as the song just slowly picks up tempo, slowly picks up tempo. And then they just come bursting out in the field. You got 60,000 people screaming, going nuts. It is one of the, absolutely hands down, one of the best, if not the best entrances in all college football. Again, something I highly recommend that you you check out and look up. Uh, but Virginia Tech's been using Enter Sandman since, I want to say, 2000 or 2001, something like that. And it is an absolute, absolute hyped entrance song um, for, for that situation. So definitely check that one out. But just to recap here, our Shock and Awe songs are In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins and Enter Sandman, Enter Sandman by Metallica. So let's get into it. Our final songs here, the ones that really really kind of separate themselves from everything else and these are the god tier songs and they're god tier because they really can be used in any situation in a sporting event they are entrance songs they are victory songs they are songs to hype up the crowd when things get a little bit dull they're celebration songs when you score or you know make a big stop or get a turnover whatever um they're they they are just they are multi-use multi-purpose songs and they just they just they just rock, man, they just fucking rock. Now, this is also where we're going to get into a little bit of controversy, I think. Um, so you can probably guess at least you could probably guess at least one of the songs that is in in, in this God tier. And I'm going to tell you right now, I, I love it, it's classic, um, but I, don't, I still don't think in terms of this particular tier, I still think it's not the best. Even though this has been a sports standard for ever, forever, forever, um, and that is "Queens, We Will Rock You." Like I, I just don't. I, I love this song. This song works so well in any stadium setting. It really is sort of the. I mean, it might be the beginning of what arena rock is, and stadium stadium anthems are like. It, it, this might be the original Jock Jam might actually be we will rock you. And again, it works for every situation, every sport. I mean we're talking, you know, from football to boxing to tennis, anything. It works for every damn sport. But I think I think the reason why it just doesn't for me at least quite rise quite rise to the level as being like the best of all time. Is because it is sort of it it maybe because it's almost like too ubiquitous that like it, almost that, like you kind of expect to hear that familiar. Do, 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 do. You almost expect to hear that in a football stadium. You almost expect to hear that when your you know your basketball team is making a run or something like that. Whatever, like it's it's almost like an expected song. Again, I think it's still great, um, but I, maybe because I guess it's just because I'm everyone is so familiar with it as this stadium anthem as the the original jock jam that maybe for me, this is why it isn't quite, it can't take the number one spot for me. And I also think, I also think because the, the, um, I also think because the, the, it, it does sort of, it's a little bit too slow, a little bit too long, even though it does lend itself to the interactivity kind of stuff. It's not really quite the hype up song that you would expect a song that is like saying that we will rock you, that we're gonna beat your ass. Um, It's not quite the hype up song that you would expect. So, I, I mean, again, I, I, it feels, it feels like I'm splitting hairs a little bit, but I really do think that this is, this is a classic. This is one of the standard setters, but it might not be the best anymore. I, I think that's where I'm going with this one. But like I said, you can't go wrong if you. I mean, this is how flexible this song is like again you're at you're at your um you know whatever your favorite NFL team's stadium is there's a very good chance you're going to hear this get played on a critical um you know on a critical your team needs to make a critical defensive stop or they do make a critical defensive stop you're going to hear this song but also it fits in it fits in for your um your team introduction to it during your um you know your turkey bowl so, you know we're coming up on thanksgiving uh, week here um this song also works to come out to you and your you and your other uh over the hill former athletic friends and family members uh during your Turkey Bowl uh this this Thursday can come out to this song too and it's still pretty badass. Like that's how flexible we will rock you is. So uber flexible. It's one of the gold standards um but I I do think that it has in the in the decades since it's um you know since it popped into since it, you know, really kind of screamed into the pop culture consciousness, I do think it has been exceeded. And what has it been exceeded by? Um, boy, this this is where this is where things get a little controversial. But I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make. I think I'm gonna at least successfully um, make the argument that it is on par with "We Will Rock You," and that is, oh man, that is "House of Pain's Jump Around." to me is the ultimate god tier stadium anthem that can be used at any point at any time and it just will it will fucking get it will get even the sleepiest of arenas up and moving um this song it just comes on like a bolt of lightning you get that opening horn that's kind of like almost almost like a warning right that we're just hey perk up shit's about to get crazy and then the song gets right into it we get right into the we get right into the beat the tempo is perfect um we get a nice long we get a nice long intro of just the music to get everyone hyped up jumping moving around whatever and then we get into some lyrics that everyone knows um we we know the lyrics to to jump around we know um, it feels kind of like in a lot of ways, it feels almost like it is sort of like a war chant that you're going through, and you have like an, an arena full or a stadium full of people jumping around, literally um, to this song, singing you know singing the lyrics, and then once we get to the hook and everyone's screaming, jump around over and over again. It it just it is I don't know I can't remember how long the song is like maybe not quite four minutes long, but it is it is beginning to end. Four minutes of pure adrenaline, pure excitement, pure hype up the crowd, hype up the teams. Um, It it just, it hits every single, it hits everything perfectly. Um, You know, this is, like I said, this is a great, for any situation, stadium anthem. But this song has become absolutely synonymous and taken to another level uh, by the Wisconsin Badgers. Particularly their football team, but they do it for for, I'm assuming they do it for all their sports. They fucking do this song for their graduations um when when kids graduate from the university of wisconsin they do jump around um that's how like deep this song has that's how important the song has become uh for for the, for the wisconsin badgers but it is one of the one of the great college football traditions and it's obviously a more recent college football tradition within the last you know 30 some years or so um you know 25 years or so i suppose but it's they've taken it and they've owned it, they take it to another level. Um, you, you have Camp Randall, is their, uh is their college football stadium, 80,000 plus people, beginning of the fourth quarter. This song just drops and everyone goes nuts. I mean, you'll see there t- again. This is one of those things you should YouTube to, to see the videos of. Um, but 80,000 people go nuts. Um, everyone's singing along, jumping around like crazy. It is so hype that, like, and it's expected, right? That it's expected that the students get hype, but also it's expected both teams get hype. Obviously, the the badgers get, you know, the badgers on the sideline are jumping around, going crazy. But like the game, essentially, you know, obviously it's an in between the quarter, but like the game, the game pauses. Essentially, we're not we're not worried about getting the game started until jump around is over, and you have the the obviously the students going crazy, the badgers on the sideline going crazy, but also. Whoever the Badgers are playing, whether it's the Buckeyes or the Golden Gophers or Michigan, they're going fucking apeshit too. It is one of the, it is to me the most perfect stadium anthem when it, in when it, when it has like, again, this sort of right from the jump, the warning that, Hey, we're going to, we're about to go crazy. The interactivity level of it, literally the song itself is a, is a command jump around and that's what we're going to do. We're going to jump around. Um, and then also not only the interactivity of like the fans and people in the stands, but like the participation of the teams on the field, getting everyone hyped up, and the fact that this song has permeated so deeply into Wisconsin Badgers culture that they play it at their at their at their uh, graduations is insane. And but so so fucking perfect. And so to me, that's why this song is maybe so well maybe. We will rock you is the original jock jam and one of the gold standards. This is like the next evolution of the of the jock jam, and the new standard is jump around by House of Pain. Um, again, maybe I'm getting a little bit controversial. I don't think so. I I think I think I can make this argument. I feel like this is one of those. I feel like truly this is one of those things. Um, if you if you uh, maybe you're a Wisconsin student out there listening who you know uh, past or present can back me up on this. But this is one of those things. I'm telling you, watch watch the videos of people going ape shit at Camp Randall and I think you'll change your mind on it. Watch the videos of the opposing team getting their taking their helmets off and going crazy on the sidelines. They're all not just the not just the players, their coaches, the 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 equipment staff, all of those people, everyone on the sidelines going crazy. It is one of those perfect perfect stadium anthems, perfect moments, and I think you'll agree that Again, if it's not better in your opinion than We Will Rock You, I think it's at least on the same level. So let's just do a quick recap here. Every song, every tier that we just laid out. So the Revier Engines, the, the songs that are going to go best with some motorsports or at least some racing uh, Rush's Tom Sawyer, absolute classic. Uh, Cakes, The Distance, uh, also a, a more modern, fun classic, I think. And that's Revier Engines. Top Shelf Cheddar, our hockey songs. The absolute rink and arena classic "Hava Nagila," the the Israeli folk song, Uh, best best enjoyed on an organ, I believe. Um, And then obviously our our hockey fight song, "The Offspring's Come Out and Play," and that's your top shelf Cheddar songs. And then your songs that are best paired with Chowder, best listened to at a Boston sporting event. I'm shipping up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys, an obvious one. And then the one of the few again one of the few. Professional sports, traditional uh, traditions uh, with Neil Diamond's "Sweet Caroline," and everyone, everyone singing along at Fenway Park. Absolute perfect classic, sort of a uh, classic stadium, classic song. Love it. And these are your best paired with Chowda songs. Our shock and awe songs, our entrance music, uh, in the air tonight. Phil Collins, classic. Uh, again, watch the watch the videos of this of this going down uh, at. Uh, Penn State's wide out. It's fantastic. And Enter Sandman by Metallica, most synonymous with, um, most synonymous with uh, Mo Rivera, Yankees closer, the, the greatest relief pitcher of all time. Uh, once, once his music came on, once this song came on and he was coming out of the bullpen, the game was over, pretty much. And uh, most synonymous with him. But Virginia Tech's entrance, uh, the Hokies entrance to this, is also absolutely electric. So those are your shock and awe songs. And then finally, your God tier songs—the ones that can be used all the time, uh, any situation, any any stadium, any sport—doesn't matter. You can use these songs everywhere. And uh, that is the original Jock Jam uh, by Queen. We will rock you. And uh, in my opinion, the best Jock Jam, and that's uh, House of Pain's Jump Around. So those are your those are your top ten. Those are your ten songs. And with your last two, again, the the God tier, those are for sure your top two two songs. Don't think about the other songs as necessarily being like a one through eight or or a I guess a ten through, what, ten through three. Don't think about them that way. They're just different situations, different songs. That's all. Uh, a couple of honorable mentions here. Wasn't one hundred percent sure where to put them, and I think there's always just a little bit of something keeping them out of uh there's something that kept them out of the running um for any of these other categories here here and so i just have three songs to mention real quickly before we wrap up um first one stadium powwow by the hallucination i do strongly recommend that if you're in canada you go ahead and write to your um your uh your pm you know whatever whatever writing that you happen to be living in give your pm uh you know a phone call an email or write them a letter saying that Stadium Pow Wow has to be the in-arena song for all Canadian sports teams from now on. Uh, check it out. It's a great song, The Hallucinations, Stadium Pow Wow. A uh, little classic classic hip-hop song from a classic hip-hop group. Um, maybe one of the best all-time celebration songs. Uh, Sugar Hill Gang's Apache. You know the song. Um, it's uh, it's. I, I want to say the song's been around at least since like 1980, maybe even earlier than that. Um, but, uh, it's a great celebration song. I think the, I want to say the Atlanta Braves use it as their, um, use it as their home run celebration song. Uh, but it's a, it's a great song. You score, score a touchdown, uh, score a touchdown, hit a home run, um, something along those lines. That's a, it's a perfect celebration song for that kind of stuff. So Sugar Hill Gang's Apache. And then finally, I couldn't do a sports stadium anthem episode without mentioning, Maybe the most the reason why I think it, it, it's it's off the list and it's only an honorable mention is because this song is so completely tied to one single team from one single time period, and of course I am talking about the 1990s Bulls coming out to "Serious" by the Alan Parsons Project. Maybe the maybe the most electrifying entrance in the history of basketball um, at, at any level, truly at any level um but literally this song is so tied into that introduction um and obviously i mean i can practically hear michael jordan being introduced right now um but because this song is so completely tied to the bulls of this era i think it it doesn't it does doesn't have like I, I don't think it has is shouldn't say it doesn't have a wide appeal its, it's usage is kind of limited in that case. Not that you couldn't use it as an in-arena song or whatever. It's a good song. Um, but it's so tied to Jordan Pippen and the Bulls of that era and Phil Jackson. It's so tied to them. I don't even think it's applicable to the current Bulls. You know what I mean? Like it's it is, This is the song that Michael Jordan, I mean, obviously, Alan Parsons Projects, Alan Parsons owns it, but this song is owned by the 1990s Chicago Bulls. No one else can have the song, so that's why it kind of falls into an honorable mention for me. And that's it. Uh, let me know what you think. Uh, you know, maybe you have some other suggestions, some other things that I should consider in terms of the song usage here. But uh, I think, I think at the very least, I can. I think at the very least, I painted a uh, a good picture here and giving you some good reasons to why I picked these songs. And maybe the maybe the God tier is a little bit controversial, but I'm all about controversy. I, 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 just dive head first into it. So again, let me know if you think differently, if you think I le- omitted a song or maybe the song is, um, maybe you think, maybe you think I'm pumping up a song too much. Um, Hey, just let me know. We'll talk it out. Um, uh, maybe I'll get you on an episode, maybe I'll get you on an episode and we can have a, we can have an argument or something over it. But, uh, but regardless, that's it for this episode. We will see you tomorrow when we're talking the best, the best. Sports TV show. All right. We'll see you then.